Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. Uh, feeling a little deja vu here, except this time I don't have a velociraptor chewing on my arm. Um, I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. Uh, this is Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze, and now we're going to bring in the star of the show, the man of the hour. Uh, you know, the only Triple Crown winner of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B, Bobby Blaze. What's up, Bobby? Hey, man, quick to the back cave or to the Batmobile or where the fuck you want to go. I'm here. I'm Double B, Bobby Blaze, and I'm waiting for my meat, Jeremy. I'm waiting for me meat, man. Yep. Sounds um, like you're letting your meat loaf a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying not to let my meatloaf, man. Um, <laughs> folks, if you're just tuning in, which apparently y'all are, hey, it's me, Double B, Bobby Blaze, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, like you said. And right now, I'm doing the job, Jeremy. I'm doing the job for the meat man. <laughs> that's, that's the way it sounds. So we started recording. Thunder was everywhere. Um, the dog was snapped. We had we called it the cow. What was a cow dog and thunder show? I guess because yeah, your yeah. dog was all up in your grill, and thunder was all over this fucking. It was like right on top of my house, and I was breaking up like crazy. So we're going to try this process. I got a message from my friend that's supposed to drop off some steaks and hamburgers, which I appreciate. But um, so I'm just just waiting for my meat man. Um, (laughs) We've got interrupted about three damn times so far, but we're going to try to have a a good, good podcast like we always do. If nothing else, by God, we'll have a good time doing it. How's that? That's that's it. You know, what's funny, Bobby, is that while you were trying to text me to say, hey, we got a break for a second, I had a few minutes earlier discovered that when Cow Dog was biting my arm, she'd actually actually broken the skin so i'd been oh. sitting here with dried blood on my hands for like four minutes thinking well we've only got 45 minutes to go <laughs> stop the bleeding <laughs> well we took a break the most appropriate time i guess you didn't bleed did. out on the program we well, the things know, we do for this program exactly folks. it would but it turned out to that was bleeding the hard way i'm pretty sure Oh yeah. You, you think uh you think a pro wrestler's ever been like dog bit in a match before to the point of being broken <laughs> open? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Man. Somewhere, Maybe. somewhere in the south, I'm sure somebody did it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the fucking I don't know, the man. chain chain pit bull match or something. Um Yeah, I think the hillbillies had the raccoon. I think it'd chase people around. I don't know if anyone got actually bit by the the damn uh raccoon or not we know people have been bit by snakes in matches we've seen that oh, but yeah uh, yeah i'd say down in the deep south there's been some dog bites in a match i would I would, imagine. I would have to think so um yeah we are talking about the year 1966 today but before yes. we get into that bobby we uh we came across the headline as uh we were waiting for your meat to get there <laughs> yes uh i sent you a text uh that uh ed asner had died yeah. I found that out today, or uh, just while we were taking our break there. Um, I just texted you really quickly back about um, 1966, knowing that year. I checked real quick. He was in El Dorado with John Wayne, Robert Mitchum, and a very young James Kahn. And, um, of course, uh, as you text me, there was a bunch of bit parts before the uh, Mary Tyler Moore show. But, um, uh, as you know... He was in the 1974 original version of The Wrestler with also Vern Gagne uh, in that movie. So Ed Asner, rest in peace. Very long and successful movie. And um, honestly, 
I thought he may have passed away a couple of years ago. And, well, you, you know, know I, he was actually still doing. I don't know my 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 meats here. Give me a break. Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> let's take a two minute break. All right, you <laughs> thank know, I'm, you. I'm going to step outside while you're doing that. Then do that. I'm going to have to unload this meat. Yeah. All right. Yep. I'm over here trying to record a show, and Bobby's over there playing with his meat. You there? Hey, I'm right. there. All right, you done playing with your meat? <laughs> I got my meat, man. <laughs> Somehow that set off my uh, my Google phone into answering questions for some reason. Um, I heard her say, what can I do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but what I was going to say real quick about Ed Asner was even just a handful of years back, he was providing a voice for that Boondocks cartoon. So okay. He's, I believe he was in his 90s. I was going to say he would have been 90. I think he was born in 1929, wasn't he? I think that's what I said. Yeah, 1929. Yeah. yeah. I just looked at November 15th, 1929. So, I mean, he was a fairly old guy, but he was staying active. You know, he's a former Screen Actors Guild uh, president as well. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Damn. Um, so, I mean, he was, you know, active. And, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan was a Screen Actors Guild president at one point, too. That's how he got into politics. <laughs> Uh, Melissa Gilbert as well, but I don't think her political career ever went anywhere. Um, but so, yeah, so Ed Asner, uh, we're going to have to add to our list of possible watch-long movies that original version of The Wrestler. Yeah. Um, I think that would be an entertaining one to throw in there. But Bobby, let's um, let's kind of get back on topic here. What are we talking about this week? Oh, was you recording? Um, <laughs> yeah. Were you recording, yeah. man? I'm sitting there talking, thinking about my meat. I've got like some pot roast. I got some uh, hamburger and apparently a couple of sirloin tips in there. So uh, anyway, um, two big bags of meat. <laughs> about Fred felt like about ten pounds each. No kidding. They said it. Was, he said he had a half a cow. So I must have got a fourth of a cow. Uh, no kidding. Um, you know, years so, back, my dad had a friend who lost his farm and he had a buffalo on his farm. Right. So this guy tells my dad, he goes, "Hey, if you shoot this buffalo." I'll give you half of it. So my dad got out an old fucking 50 caliber rifle and shot the Buffalo, <laughs> but then he had no, nowhere to keep a fucking half of Buffalo. So he ended up having to give the fucking thing away. Do you have any idea how big half, half of a whole fucking cow is? I mean, yeah, well, Hey, it's like you told me. It's like the Indians with the Buffalo, no wasted parts. That's I want to eat every fucking thing in those bags one way or another. It might take me two damn years, but <laughs> give it a shot, by God. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'll put someone on the grill, and I'll put some. He said, "Put the pot roast in the in the uh, uh, what the slow boiler." He said, "You know, take it slow on that." But other than that, um, what the hell? Free free meat, free meat. No, you can't, can't pass you can't it. Up. Turn it down. Oh, back to 1966. I know you took some tremendous notes this week, Professor. Um, and so I'll let you go through them until it's time to uh, to uh, add my two cents. How's that? that so works. start us off in 1966 oh, if you hold, don't care. Hold, hold on, because because we're redoing this, uh, you forgot something. You got to talk about the uh, the time warp in Ashland. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let me get a shout out out there, yeah. man. We've just went everywhere today, folks. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, shout out to uh, Earl down at the time warp. I appreciate you, my man. Uh, 
a man I hadn't seen for, we talked about it yesterday, about four years, I guess it was, since I last saw this man on an independent show. Uh, used to be a regular. Uh, we stayed in a shared the same hotels down in Florida when we did TV tapings for WCW. And believe it or not, this man has got a jump shot and can play some basketball. And that's what we mostly talked about. And you're going to laugh when you hear him talking about playing basketball. The Barbarian. Yes, the Barbarian. I got to see Barb yesterday. It was great to see him. Had her picture taken together. Spent a little bit of time before all the had a, quite a few people coming to see him there. But um, he said he remembered me shooting outside very good, which I used to be able to. But uh, <laughs> I said, yeah, because I saw what you did to the Stro and Bobby Eaton when they tried to come down the middle. And his clothesline, clothesline. Oh, um, and he said, hey, Bobby, no no ref, no ref. And I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm not coming down the middle. Unless it's the, unless I'm down there and get me a rebound, I'm not coming down near there. But he's a great guy, man. Of course, he's one of the toughest people ever. And, but I got a heart of gold and he looked great. He looked fantastic health wise. Seemed like he's in a really good place physically. Uh, man. The Steve Barbarian, once again, thank you. Down to Ashland Town Center. Uh, time warp location. So there you good go. deal, man. Thanks, Earl. Um, yeah. So does uh, Barbarian? Does does his wife head his security team? <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you this: no one was messing with him. That's for sure. But also, he was not getting any trouble. So uh, um, I think his wife is the only person in the world that he fears. So I think he was staying in, in line very, very well yesterday. Okay. <laughs> she may have she may have been around somewhere keeping an eye out, so he didn't get in trouble. Uh, of course, if you don't know what Jefferson we're talking about, I think he ripped the tour off the hinges back in the day when they were shooting that movie Body Slam. And uh, I guess he got some other stuff, just big physical guy. You know, I don't know exactly what happened, but apparently one night he, she had to come and get him and she was none too happy. And apparently the only person that he fears in this universe, you know, is his wife. But many, many years ago, he's a changed man. He's a really good, good man. And I'm sure his wife is as well. A good, a good human being. They're just good people, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was a nice visit, man. I, I had a nice picture. Uh, several people texted me today that saw it. That's on my personal account. And then I just sent out a, uh, a tweet there while we was on break uh, of, of Barbara myself. So, oh, cool. Uh, appreciate no, you letting cool. me get that. Here, Jeremy, I, uh, yeah. I'd almost forgotten because we recorded this about an hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> I already <it's>, forgot. <laughs> well, for, for anybody, you know, anybody who's wondering, Bobby had a meat delivery and a thunderstorm. I had a fucking rambunctious dog. <laughs> and so half yes. of what Bobby was saying earlier didn't record. And we were, I was kind of like yeah. wondering, well, fuck, what am I going to do with this show? You know, and then after we waited everything out, it seems like things are going okay. So we're just going to keep yes. our fingers crossed or our nose to the grindstone or however that saying goes. Well, I don't hear any dogs in the background and there's no thunder here any longer. It's very sunny. As a matter of fact, during that quick hiatus, uh, this, it's, it's like it didn't rain or anything. My car is, it's dry, the road is dry, and I know for a damn sure it did. We did have a thunder burst, and you heard all the thunder. It was wild there, and I was breaking up, but we're just gonna roll with 1966, man. Um, uh, and have fun with the uh podcast, like we said. So, I think that's only a shout out this week. Uh, some more down the line here, but uh, start us off, professor, because you did take some great notes, and and we'll start the conversation about pro wrestling. How's that? Yeah, and pop culture. Yep. So we're talking about the year of 1966, which I have often said was probably the best year in television. Um, but we're gonna, you know, kind of focus on both TV and wrestling. So to get us started, mm-hmm. I'm gonna cover the 
world champions in 1966. So uh, Luthes started the year as the NWA champion, but lost it to Gene Kaniski. And I believe this is the end of Luthes's runs as NWA champion. Um, I, I hell, he may still still have more days as champion than anybody else. I can't remember right now, but. <laughs> um, over in the AWA now, Bobby, I was a little shocked on this one. Who, if I was to say, mm-hmm. Bobby, who was who was world champion in the AWA in '66? What would you say? I would, I would say Vern Gagne. That's what yeah. I would have said. Do you, you want yeah. to hear something? Vern Gagne was not yes. champion once in 1966. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the it started that year. Mister Wrestling was the world champion at the start of '66. He and um, Cow Dog Vish- no Mad Dog Vashon. <laughs> um, had had a match that had kind of a schmaltzy ending, so uh, Blackburn made him redo it. And Mad Dog Vashon won, comes out, stays world champion from that. Now Mad Dog loses it to Bruiser, Dick the Bruiser, uh, and then Bruiser loses it back to Vashon, and Vashon ends the year as the AWA world champion in what was actually a very eventful year for that title. And then we get over to the WWWF. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure everybody's going to be shocked to find out that Bruno started and ended yeah. the year as champion. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Anything to comment on about the champions? Oh, yes. Yes. There's apparently um, three thousand seven hundred forty-nine days longer than anyone else in history. Just so you know, you were correct in that. Yeah, I was thinking so. Um, he held it for a title for a combined total of 10 years, three months, and nine days. So, wow, that's um, pretty damn good. I was surprised about Vern not being there in the AWA. Um, that's just one of those things. Uh, every, that's, you said what you said. Not surprised about WWF champion. I think Bruno won the title in 63 in Baltimore Kept it to what seventy or seventy one. So, yeah, I can't remember which. Um, no surprise either, there. Yeah. No surprise there. Um, so yeah, good stuff, man. Yep. Good stuff. Oh, hey, before we get too far from it, uh, do you know what's going on today? No, the NWA seventy third anniversary. Show oh yes, at Fuck the chase, Bobby. They are re- yes. wrestling at the chase. Yes. Uh, so the empowerment or the empower for the women were yet was yesterday, last night on Saturday. Yep. That's right, the seventy third. Uh, by the time you hear this recording on Tuesday, off last week. Woo! Ric Flair is supposed to be there for the NWA seventy third. Yep. Um, and I'll tell you this: I did. I I I'll come back to some other stuff I was watching last night later on. But I did catch this yesterday. I just the voiceover work that John Goodman done wrestling at the Chase in the city of St. Louis was excellent. They did like a tour, uh, maybe a three or four minute bit there. Um, I don't know if you've heard it or not. If you no, haven't, I didn't. Uh, check it out. It's really good. John Goodman does the voiceover, and they're talking about wrestling at the chase in St. Louis and d- does a pretty good history lesson. I think it's about probably four minutes long, to be honest with you. Very, very good. Very good. I watched that yesterday. So, uh, uh, man, uh, we got to uh, – I don't know. Gonna, my brain, I'm thinking I'd like to watch that this evening. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, kidding. I know it's on Fight TV. Yep, I'm kicking it around right now. I'm just like, you know, maybe I'll just go ahead and do that. I'm about to I may do it, man. I may do it. I um, may just download Fight TV and do it. Yeah, so uh, Trevor Murdoch's got another shot at Nick Aldis tonight. 
Yeah, yeah, I saw you posted uh, put something out there on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and you are at the Geekish Cast on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at Bobby Blaze seven forty four or hit our joint account at Bell to Bell Blaze. That'd be real cool to hear uh, some feedback about the the NWA seventy three. If anyone, and I'm sure many of our listeners are watching. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, are going to watch rather. Uh, with that said, Jeremy, I hope it is my hope that we. Um, uh, with what's going on out there in the world, uh, the people down there, uh, Hurricane Ida, our Gulf Coast family down there, New Orleans out in that area, um, Louisiana, we got a lot of fans down in there, Mike and the gang, uh, uh, Spark Shirt, Third Coast, Adam, all you guys, man, I hope you come through this really good. The, uh, the reason I brought that up, uh, this Hurricane Ida, I guess it's been 15 years ago that Hurricane Katrina hit uh, New Orleans, and hopefully this is um, not nearly as severe, um, but also I was just thinking, I wonder if it's going to block out a bunch of uh, uh, cable, internet, all that, that that a lot of our true fans may not get a chance to watch this NWA. So just just a thought. Um, yeah. I don't know if technology like it is, I don't know, they may or may get, you know, not be able to see it live. Well, see, being just, in just California, um, I get shocked by how bad some other states' uh, internet and cable are. Um, you know, I know talking to you and talking to Nate and just other people out East and in the South, um, our internet usually holds up through everything except a power outage here. You know, like if a power goes down, obviously you lose everything. Right. Right. But you guys like, you know, a a line can go down and then your whole town's without internet, stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, so hopefully, yeah. I mean, not that losing your internet is going to be the worst thing that can happen, but hopefully. Right. Right. Hopefully for everybody down there, the worst thing that happens to them is they lose their internet. You know, let's, exactly. let's hope that's as bad as it gets. Um, so, yeah, guys, yeah, you know, sit tight, keep your shoes dry, see what you can do, stay safe. I, I don't know yeah. what kind of advice to give, so I don't have any. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, um, let's see here. Uh, we're going to keep going on with some other stuff that happened in 66 in wrestling. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Strangler Ed Lewis passed away. Um, okay. Did anyone ever smart him up that uh, this business works better when it's a work? <laughs> uh, uh, well, I think I think somebody, we talked about that, right? Yeah, I think somebody told him that. I think he choked him out. Um, yeah, that has surprised me. Yeah. You want to prove me wrong, kid? Yeah. Oh, so um, oh, man. let's see here. Fritz von Erica beat Billy Red Lions to win the vacant NWA Texas title in Dallas. Paul Jones and Stan Stasiak would trade back and forth the NWA Pacific Northwest title uh, up in uh, Oregon. Crusher and Dick the Bruiser win the AWA World Tag Team Champions. Bobby, do you know do you know a better Matt team than Crusher and Dick the Bruiser? I mean, <laughs> Talking about tag team specialists, man. I guess, man. Yeah, yeah they just hit you in the head with a, a, a not a bottle of beer, but a keg of beer. Exactly. Yeah, and, and burned your eye off a cigar. You know. Yeah. Uh, check out this team they took the titles off of, though. Larry Henning and Harley Race. Ah, there's four tough bastards right there. Yeah. <laughs> Did a referee even try to get involved? <laughs> Probably not. I imagine he just stayed outside the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Let these guys go, and, and whoever wins, wins. Yeah, that's just one of those ones like, hey, Stanley Blackburn, I know how much you love to declare winners. Why don't you get your ass out there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joe Blanchard would go on to take the Texas title off of Fritz Von Erich in Fort Worth, Texas, later in 66. Mm. 
Spiros Arian and Antonio Puliisi, God, I fuck some of these names up so bad, win the WWWF United States Tag Team titles from Baron Mickle, Schick Luna, and Smasher Sloan. It's fuck. Easy for um, you to say. Howdy. <laughs> I'm hey, glad you're saying it, not me. Bobby, <laughs> believe me. Check that out. There was a time that tag team wrestling in the WWWF was so prominent they had a mid card tag title. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of tag team titles and tag team wrestlers, Pat Patterson ends the year as the NWA Pacific Northwest uh, champion, winning the title from Tony Bourne in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, interesting, so, man. Yep. So we're going to move on to TV. In 1966, the Rolling Stones did their second appearance on um, the Ed Sullivan Show. He had a really, really big yes. show. Yeah. Yes. So, Bobby, are you a Rolling bigger, Stones. Yeah. Bigger Beatles fan or Stones fan? Oh, man. Rolling Stones, man. The greatest rock and roll band in the world, baby. Not to, not to put a dig in against the Beatles, man, but I'm a Rolling Stones. As a matter of fact, uh, I was telling you earlier, I'm just going to kind of briefly repeat that. Uh, that's what I did on my Saturday night. I, I uh, R.I.P. Charlie Watts, uh, 80 years old, drummer for the uh, Rolling Stones, passed away this week. But uh, I was in a Rolling Stones kind of mood last night. I started off with going to a go-go uh a six-pack of beer, a Saturday night. Ha! Going to a goat. So I started there, but, uh, you know, uh, Sympathy for the Devil. Um, I listened to some girls. Um, so, uh, and then um, earlier I said with a slip, this won't be a slip. I said it also Helter Skelter. Of course, that was a Beatles reference because I meant, um, uh, what the fuck did I mean, Jeremy? Do you remember? Uh, you meant give me, give me shelter is what you were sure. Yeah, sure. And I said helter skelter. Yeah. So I was trying to feed you there because of earlier. I, I did. That was the actual miss. The first time we try to record this, that time I was trying to throw something out. Yeah, man, that, that give me shelter. When I hear that sometimes, that's a good song to come out to when you're, you know, depending on a wrestling character. But I know it's old, but that, I, that Rolling Stones, man, I'm going to go with them uh, over the Beatles for myself. How about you? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a bigger Beatles guy. I was never, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm a bigger Stones guy. My dad was a Beatles guy. I just, I never, yeah. I never really got them. Of course, by the time I was yeah. born, they'd been broken up for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, the stones, you know, obviously through before I was, before I was born through now are still performing. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Whatever keeping Keith Richard held together, man. I hope he keeps doing it because he does it all. Yeah, and um, yeah, and we're not trying to bury the uh, the Beatles here or the Beatles. We're just saying, you know, uh, we're both kind of Rolling Stone kind of guy. Uh, so I had it quickly. I. Had my Bobby Eaton shirt on this week at the gym, and a couple people recognized it. And this one person, she had on a damn Rolling Stones shirt, and I went to put them over. It was just a girl at the gym that I see sometimes. You know, she's on the treadmill. She recognized my Bobby Eaton shirt and was asking me about this and that. And I started trying to put the stones, and she started talking about Aerosmith. And I'm like, wait a minute here, what? <laughs> I'm putting your shirt on because you got a Rolling Stones shirt on, and you want to? Talk? I said maybe in America. Uh, you can say, you know, whatever about Aerosmith. And it's not dig towards Aerosmith and Steven Tyler and the boys, but just saying, if you're wearing a world tour with the Rolling Stones and the big lips and all that, and it's like World Tour 82 or something, you know, I'm like uh, a little false advertising here if you want to talk yeah. to me about Aerosmith, you know? That's so a, I told her, you know, 
That's like the, the I was friendly about it. Well, yeah, that's like the concert T-shirt version of catfishing. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think so, man. <laughs> yeah, she about she about snapped me in, man. I like, yeah, I'm, you know. But I, I I I told you off the air. This is going to be my solution. I may ask her out for coffee and sit down and order a fucking beer. <laughs> that'll, that'll <laughs> I don't drink caffeine. I don't drink caffeine. I don't think she'd go to coffee with me anyway. Uh, she actually thought I would been in some band around here many many. Years ago, that used to be popular in Ashland and Lexington, some of these uh, college uh, towns uh, that traveled around. I was like, man, I remember that band, but uh, honey, I ain't that damned old. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but hey, wear your Rolling Stones shirt and talk about Errol Smith, and I'll have a beer. You have a coffee. We'll exactly, see. Exactly. Yeah. Hey. See how that goes. <laughs> That's it. Um, uh, man. I'm going to start veering into TV for a little bit here. Yes, please do. We got um, some stuff to talk about on TV. Please do. We got um, some stuff to talk about on TV. Yeah. Well, in uh, 66, CBS pulled Amos and Andy out of syndication. Um, they were getting complaints from civil rights organizations. And Bobby, I don't know if you've ever seen or maybe listened to an old radio show of Amos and Andy, but um, that shit did not age well. Yeah, I haven't heard it for year, many, many years. Um, and I couldn't even tell you the last time I'd heard it. Uh, I think someone made a reference to it on a bit or something. And I went and looked it up, but it's been years ago. I'm, You know, that's... <laughs> that I, I never, you know, at that that particular year, you know, as I'm going to discuss as we go on, I, you know, I, I was only aware of, of of references to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, uh, grandparents, was, parents, you know. Oh yeah. But, well, uh, it was a big show when it's time. Probably, yeah, yeah. Probably a little more yeah. so on radio than it was on TV, but it yeah, was, it was yeah. like everybody knew it because I remember still hearing references about it when I was younger in the '80s. People were still, you know, yeah, yeah. When I was, yeah. When, when I was older, meaning the delivering newspapers, and by that time I had moved from Baltimore to Ashland, and um, you know there were still references uh, to it in the um, the neighborhood I lived to, you know, lived in. Um, just just hearing it through school teachers and other kids, you know, just yeah. stuff like that. But I never sit around and like listen to it on the radio or anything. So I think I looked it up just because someone done a bit on it. I don't even know what or when, but it's been a while back. Yeah. So. Um, in like 60s, shit. oh yeah, just it was some, it's some hard to listen to shit now. That's that's for sure. Um, in '66, this one blew me away. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, aired for the first time on CBS. Mm-hmm. You know why I was shocked by this, Bobby? Tell me why. I had just assumed that the great, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and the Christmas special had just always existed, like. Like yeah. the first two Adams bonded and the Charlie Brown special came out, <laughs> you know? Well, dig this, man. So um, I was about three years old. So for me, it always did exist. I didn't, you know, I did not know. Um, I mean, I watched it, obviously. I couldn't tell you what year it debuted, that I was three or four or five or what. I just remember being a young kid, um, and I don't remember watching it at, at three particularly. I know something I was watching. We'll get to in a little bit. I do recall that. Mm -hmm. But at, at probably about five or six, I may have actually been six because maybe the first time I saw it, I would have been in Kentucky by then, you know, old yeah. enough to recall it. So I just thought it always existed myself as well. Um, if anyone out there, you mean it didn't, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> um, been around a while, man. Oh yeah. It has been it around just, a while. It's pervasive, you know? Um, yeah. oh, here, here's one for you though. 
when you were a kid, well, you'd have been a little bit older, but when you, um, yeah, a little bit older, the, the, the after school hours, did you ever come across in the, you know, some of the shitty Japanese stuff that we picked up in syndication? Well, I'll tell you this, it wasn't shitty and I thought it was new, <laughs> but it was uh, Ultraman, yeah. man. And I'm going to tell you, um, yeah, that came out. We started getting TBS in like, uh, 81 ish and, um, I was in high school playing ball, and if we had a road trip or a home game, rather, right, not a road trip, sorry, sorry, home game, you could go home and eat dinner, you know, before your game took place, and I could get to go home after school and not have practice or, like I said, have to be back at the gym later on in the evening, not not right then, and man, 405 hit, baby, and I'd be either off the bus or caught a ride home, whatever it was, to eat that pregame meal, and there's Ultraman, and man, if I got a day like that, I was going to have a good game because Ultraman he pumped me up and I stoked to watch that Ultraman I thought that was great stuff man yeah but I thought it was new Jeremy I oh, never right, you know yeah. I thought it was new it was yeah. on TBS and that was new you know yeah so for me it was um it was after school hours like like three four o'clock right in there yeah and it was one of the local stations that played it and I you know for me it was just a kick-ass superhero show you know with giant monsters right on. and the stuff like that um I do remember when I was a kid uh, because in Japan they do TV more like the British do, where you you have a solid story, then you break, and then you come back with a continuation. So the Ultraman we had here actually ended with the Ultraman who was on Earth dying, basically. And so as a, mm. as a little kid, that kind of fucked me up a little bit. I was like, ah. <laughs> you know? And uh, so that always, yeah. I mean, that was I was probably five. And so we're talking, you know, 45 years ago almost. And it still stands out in my memory, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Perry, I don't Mason, recall that. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't remember all the things, and I haven't gone back and watched yeah. it. Actually, buddy of mine lived in Japan. I was trying to get the series on DVD, and I just never followed through on it. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it was it was cool. It was you know big monsters and a giant robot fighting them and smashing through little cardboard cities. It was kick ass stuff. You know? <laughs> it was man. Yeah. It was. Um, oh, here's a little little piece I just threw in here because I thought it was just kind of interesting. Perry Mason aired its only color episode in 1966. Huh. Now, my mom was a big Perry Mason fan. She yeah. liked that, man. She liked that. Uh, you wrote it out here. The case of the twice-told twist. Yes. Hmm. Only color version, huh? Yep. Wow. Yeah. I know she liked that show. My, yeah. my grandmother did, as a matter of fact, too. Both of them did. Yeah. That was her bo- one of their bonding things, other than you know, a couple of soap operas and stuff that back during that time. So you know, yeah. uh, HBO right. just did a remake, not a remake, like a reimagining of Perry Mason, where he was a hard boiled detective. And I guess his original books, that's closer to what they actually had. This Perry Mason as a lawyer was something that they did on TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's more of a detective. Yeah, apparently that was the original okay. idea. So I, I need to go check that out. That's what everybody told me. But I do love that, like, film noir, hard-boiled, you know, smash mouth kind of detective yeah. story. Um, right on. Yeah, Raymond right Chandler on. being one of my favorite writers, you know. Um, cool. Oh, the, here's another one, though. Tabitha was born on Bewitched. <laughs> and, okay. And the reason this is a big deal to me is I have had a crush on this woman <laughs> probably since the mid-70s, and I, I went and looked her up when I came across this little fact, and uh, 
she's uh, she's holding up all right. I would have to say uh, she's she's oh okay. man, she's still twinkling that nose and getting your eyes to gleam, huh? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man, well, I I, I I like Elizabeth Montgomery myself. Yeah, man, I ain't was, gonna lie, she was something in her time. That is for damn sure. She was man. Uh, yeah, her, you know, and, and um, I just <laughs> that one and I Dream a Genie are are two of my like. Holy oh yeah, shit shows you know like look at yeah. that chick. Yeah, the stiff that that was man. My one of my buddies. We used to live together in the mid eighties, and man, it would drive our girlfriends at the time crazy because we'd be sitting around you know after lifting and 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 eating, uh, hanging out you know doing what you do in the eighties you know just we'd bring up like fucking uh, uh, Barbara Eden and, and and Elizabeth Montgomery just in conversation like remember when you was a kid man damn she was hot you know and you know, I was in my mid twenties at that point we just it was just you know so here we are still talking about it another yeah. twenty years later oh, yeah. <laughs> that girls are over man wow all right so we're gonna get down to the brass tacks of this matter now um okay there are four three or four major reasons that i have said this might have been the greatest year in television 1966 yeah and we're gonna start with number one on the list it's not in any particular order but batman and robin debut yes Man, I'm going to tell you what now. I watched Batman and Robin, and that was the first one of, if not the first programs that I got to watch um, or recall in my memory watching it. Uh, it came on two nights in a row, like Tuesday and Wednesday or Wednesday, Thursday. I can't recall exactly which nights it was, but you can look that up, History Buffs. But I, time, I do remember that. that. channel. Yes, and I watched that. And... Fast forward to I was about 10, my brother's four years younger than me, and we were in Kentucky, and we would want, we were wanting to play one Saturday, and he said, no, I can't, I want to watch Batman. And I was like, oh, man, that's, we, my aunt was watching us, and she, I was like, no, come on. Anyway, long story short, she said, you sit, basically, you sit your butt down here watching for your brother and your cousin, because when that show first come out, you, you, you loved Batman. And she and I, so I, I went a couple of years, I guess, you know, between 68 or 69, when it went off the air in 68, I guess it was, there was a few years that passed and I was like, you know, okay, I don't, I don't need to watch Batman, but by God, I'll tell you what, I watched it again. And every Saturday after I kept watching with my brother again. And, um, not only that, just a few ago on IFC, they ran them in sequence from nine until noon, every Saturday for several months, man, and I got through every episode as an adult just about probably four or five years ago, and it was excellent, man, because I used to love those special guest villains oh, yeah. that I didn't catch as a kid, but I caught as an adult, yeah. you know, so, um, and of course, the uh, the Batman 66 movie come out too that year, so. Oh, yeah. Um, Introducing good stuff for me, man. repellent, you know. Yes, that's yeah. it, man. He carried it on that belt. The utility belt had everything. Everything so, you want. Yeah. Um, and I recall what you're getting ready to go to next when this happened because it got over me huge, man, huge. And that that program was what, Jeremy? Well, the, yeah, the next one I'm going to mention is the Green Hornet. Yeah. Van Williams and Bruce Lee. Yes, man. I'm going to tell you what, man. 
I, I, I just went crazy when I saw that. I'm like, it was over with me. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I was just like, oh, shit, man. Look at this badass car. Look at the mask. Look at the gun. Also, on YouTube, just a few years ago, as an adult, they ran those in sequence. They may still be on there. Uh, someone had them on their server. And, uh, man, I watched them every night through, through you know, for however long it took me. It's only 22, 23 episodes, maybe. I don't, maybe 26. I don't know if they did 213. Uh, season episode season or not but i just i think there's like 22 of them but it's really man as an adult i went back and watched both of those series and loved it man yeah i won't say i felt young again um but i felt alive again like oh man because i'm catching stuff i didn't catch as a kid you know what i'm saying oh yeah well you remember on batman so, and robin when they would they'd scale the building yes and, loved and, it and a guest star like a really random king open the window yep would stick their head out yes um so I gotta I gotta talk real quick about these things because these are two two things I really love here. Uh, you know, Batman when you see it when you're young, it's cool. Then you get a little older and it's corny, and then you get a little older yep. than that and you like it for its corniness. You know, yes, um, yes. One of the main writers on Batman went on to write the Flash Gordon movie in 1980, and okay. that's why it comes across so campy and silly as well, is because it was the same guy. Um, Green Hornet was a character who was actually based on the Lone Ranger. He was supposed to be the Lone Ranger's nephew. Ooh. And he had been kind of hung around and then doing different things with him. Now, one of the interesting things here was that they launched the Green Hornet with a Batman crossover. Right. That was some bold TV for the 60s, I think, you know, but. Yeah. Robin. Well, that's why that's how I knew about the Green Hornet because yeah. of, because of the crossover. Yeah, I was old enough by that probably second year, whatever it was that I you know I knew I knew what was going on. My mom, I had my mom had a really good mom that would you know take the time to explain things to me. Mm -hmm. uh, she did the same thing with my brother and reading and things like that. So yeah, she she um, and of course at that time that's uh, of course things changed later on. But at that particular time in my life, you know. Uh, housewives stayed home and took care of their kids. Oh, yeah. So I was with her, you know, and I was with my aunt and uncle and her, and um, she would explain, you know, took the time to explain things to me. Yeah. So um, that, that's how I recall that, actually. Yeah. Because uh, uh, she took the time to do that. Yeah. So um, Robin was supposed to beat Cato, which was Bruce Lee's character, in a fight. And Bruce Lee's like, fuck that. So <laughs> yeah. Burt Ward actually <laughs> hid in his trailer for like a whole day, avoiding Bruce Lee. Yeah. Bruce Lee was going to beat his ass. Um, yeah, Bobby, a handful of years back, I accidentally stumbled across um, while we were in Reno that there was a comic convention while we were there. Okay. And so we went back for the second <clears throat> year, but the second year was nowhere near as fun as the first. Because like the first one, we're running into people from Firefly at the bar and that uh, that tall, pretty redhead from Doctor Who. We just run into her in a restaurant. And um Oh, I can Michael Rooker was sitting behind me at breakfast one day okay. and just a lot of cool stuff. So we're like, okay, we'll go back next year. Well, the next year, Adam West and Burt Ward were there. Now I could give a shit about Burt Ward, but Adam West, he was getting to be a very old man. And for the majority of my life, Adam West was Batman, you know? Right. And right. So I can't, oh, it was Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes were first. Me and my ex-wife went and had our pictures taken with them, got, got autographs and yeah. shit. And we had to get out of line to go right back into line for Adam West and Burt Ward. Now, this is my first sign that I didn't pick up on that my marriage was in trouble. 
<laughs> we get in line and she looks at me and she goes, okay, well, I'm going to go back to the casino now. And I said, well, wait, I'm, you know, she was, oh, I didn't watch Batman as a kid. So she left me <laughs> in that line with this bunch of fucking basement dwelling losers. Okay. <laughs> so I'm already in a bad mood and I'm getting ready to go in there. And the lady comes out and she goes, hey, everybody going in there. You can stand between them or behind them or next to one of them. But Mr. Ward does not want to be touched. So don't put your hands on either of them. I'm, I looked at her and I said, who the <laughs> fuck wants to touch Burt Ward? <laughs> So I go in, and you can see, like, I've got the picture, and I look fucking pissed off standing behind them, you know? I'm just yeah. like, I'm in a sour mood. So we get we get out of that, go, we uh, get back together with my ex and her sister and our friends who we met there, and we go to dinner. And you know who's sitting at the next fucking table? Burt <laughs> fucking Ward and his goddamn entourage. He's, you know, he's got these three fucking losers that he's probably been hanging out with since the late 70s. So I'm getting drunk and I'm fucking mouthing off about what an asshole I think Burt Ward is. But nothing ever came of it because I was just kind of waiting. Oh, geez, Jeremy. One of these geez. assholes stand up and walk on over here. But from that story, we go on to Star Trek. Well, baby. Hold on. Oh, I got oh, a yeah. question because yes. I know you're a big Star Trek. Yes. Uh, real quickly. And this is not the only thing I took away from that story, though. Yes. Um so I saw um, I was in uh, at Lexicon a few years back, and I saw Kevin Smith and and uh, uh, Jason Muse. Yeah, dude, yeah. have you ever seen? I, I swear to you, uh, Kevin Smith was just like coming through. I was unloading. He came through, and uh, you know, hey, I was across from blah blah blah. Just a quick nod. But Jason Muse comes in, dude. He's one of the smallest, skinniest dudes I've ever seen. Yeah, and he's, he's little. A little guy. I couldn't believe how little he was. And uh, I was just put a box down and reached across. Hey, how you doing, man? Big fan. My son, my youngest son was a big fan of theirs, too, of course. And I like that. Put him over like a half a second because they got shit to do and I had shit to do. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I was like, damn, man. I didn't realize how small he was, you know, just like I, he looks taller and, th- you know, on the, on the movies, you know, yeah. he looked tall. No, he, but I didn't realize how thin he was. In person, but, he is. Um, de- anyway. You, yeah, he he is definitely a little guy. What was funny? Oh fuck! And was, I know I'm a bigger guy. You know, I just dwarfed him. I'm like, damn man, yeah. I thought you at least my height, brother. But he's like small. Yeah, well, and that's well, not a dig towards him. I still like him and all that. I'm well, just saying. You know he's a, he's I was a, surprised how small he was. Yeah, he's know? a real friendly guy, and you know, I mean, though. Yeah, yeah, Kevin yeah, Smith, yeah, super nice. Um, but what was going on around this time? There had been a show out of Canada called Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. And Jason Muse played a perverted janitor on this show. It's a funny <laughs> fucking show. If you ever get a chance to watch it, do so. It was canceled. I'll check it out, yeah. Yeah, it was canceled, but they were working on a uh, animated movie to wrap it up. So as we're okay. standing there getting our pictures taken with Kevin and uh, Kevin Smith and Jason Muse, I said, hey, I got a question. Kevin Smith goes, yeah. And I go, no, 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 not for you. I said, hey, Jason, how about... How about this movie? And he goes, oh. And Kevin Smith looked like all crestfallen, and Jason Mewes looked like it was the first question he got all day. So, like, okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, when I when I got there, what happened was I had some boxes in my hand, and I was going to a booth on the left, and they had me walking by what at that what the, later that day was going to be called Wrestler's Row, where we were all at. But uh, they were there, and they stopped for just a brief second because Kevin was saying something like, he had to be at this particular spot, like at nine for like a panel thing or something. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason they had stopped to talk. And then 
I just, you know, I just put him over real quick with a nod, whatever. And then when Kevin walked away, I looked over at Jason, just, you know, got to really kind of speak to him, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm like, damn, that's, that's really cool. But I know you got shit to do too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I never went and looked for him because uh, Kevin was one of the main um, people that's going to uh, uh, be there that day, you know, him and the $6 million man of Ric Flair. Those were the three um, oh, that's that were going to. Yeah, those were the main that, three. That would have got me to a show, yeah. Um, uh, Michael Rooker was there, too, also, because, you know, that's, like I said, about four years ago. I, th- I guess it was three or four years ago I was there. And, um, but, yeah, uh, Lee Majors was the big draw because, you know, he with the University of Kentucky, uh, Eastern Kentucky University connection um, from out here. And then, uh, of course, you know, the Rick Flair is going to get over, man. You yeah. know the nature boy's going to get over, man. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good deal. And yeah. got kind of sidetracked there, but sideways. I just want to ask you. So, also in 1966, I know yeah. you're a Trek fan. A Star Trek debuts. Go ahead, take well, it over, brother. Star Trek debuts. Um, you know, and even though it was actually a big draw for NBC, they canceled it every year it was on. Uh, but it starts in '66. It doesn't really blow up until it goes into um, syndication in the '70s. Now, here's a funny story I came across today. Roy Shire, uh, wrestler, wrestling promoter here in, in California, was a big chewing tobacco uh, guy. Always had a mouthful okay. of chew, right? So uh-huh. KTVU, <clears throat> they had a studio show there and all this stuff. Well, Roy Shire, being, I, I guess, an Oki or something, did not give a fuck where he spit. He spit right on the floor of your office, <laughs> right on the floor of the fucking studio. He did not give a fuck. And somebody pulls him aside one day and says, Roy, knock this shit off or we're pulling the show. Yeah. So he didn't. So they pulled the show and replaced it with Star Trek. Um, and <laughs> it left uh, it left big time wrestling without a home there for a while because KTV yeah. is just like we are sick to death of this fucking cleaning up your tobacco <laughs> shit. And I thought uh, that was blame them. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was an amusing story because I've known like <laughs> yeah. some of my, my grandfather's brothers and stuff like the really old men. They don't yeah. give a fuck where they spit. No. Yeah. It'll be slobbered all over the damn shirt. Oh, old yeah. flannel shirt, fucking tobacco juice running down it. Got oh, the yeah. wife beating underneath covered in tobacco juice. And they chew that um, they chew that tobacco that you fucking it's in the a plug. plug. Yeah. You oh, yeah, they chew the plug, of, man. Yeah. They bite out of that motherfucker. A big old fucking dried out horse turd and just wrapping that paper and take a snap off of that and chew that motherfucker, man, yeah. and spit just everywhere. Uh so also this here on Royal Shire, real quickly. Yeah. Uh, I guess he apparently married a girl from Ashton, Kentucky, man. Um, I don't know the year. Uh, Rock Rims was going to do a book on um, it's, uh, it's Shire and and I think with well, a 40... No, let's see. Hold on. Um, let's see. What year was that? He married a girl like right out of high school from Ashton, Kentucky. Come through here and wrestle at the National Guard Armory. Uh, I can't remember what year Rock Rims told me it was, though. He asked me for information. I did not have it. The people that I knew um, were uh, uh, that started the original, I'm sorry, not the original, Ashland High School, the Paul G. Blazer class, the very first class that went over there at the local high school, Ashland Blazer now. Anyway, um, she was just a little bit older than some of the people I actually know that are still alive in Ashland today that I you know, people's parents and grandparents and stuff. But, but I had no, no one knew about her because she was like a few years older than this, the class I'm speaking to who sure. are people in her seventies now, you know, but uh, I thought it was cool. Rock wrote me that little, uh, 
asked me a little question because I bought a book off of it. He said, by the way, you're from Ashland, and I noticed this. So I guess Roy Shire married a girl from Ashland. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Or his first so, wife. So, so Rock Rim's book about uh, Roy Shire is out. It's just it's one of those ones that's out of print. Um, yeah, because yeah. the way Rock does books, I wasn't well, sure if it's out yet. So yeah, it's good. called The Professor. Uh, it looks like it's one I want. Okay, yes, I'll yeah. S- um, but also the one I'm really holding my breath for is he's got his Ray Stevens book is supposed to be out this year, and that's the one I'm like over here just chomping at my bit to get a hold of. Cause I, you know, yeah, I was watching some stuff about um, big time wrestling this morning and they were showing how for his time, especially, but how acrobatic and innovative Ray Stevens was that, you know, what we call the Ric Flair flip. Well, that was Ray Stevens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, thing about, uh, rock rims, man. Um, I bought the, uh, Ron Starr book. Cause I knew Ron Starr, uh, mm-hmm. the bad to the bone book. Um, I was, and I, I saw he had advertised um, the book for the professor. Now that you said it on his Twitter account, and he's just at Rock Rims on there. Um, if you give him a follow, but man, when he puts the book out, he just does it all. And here's a here's a tweet from three days ago, and it's. Um, uh, I never concern myself with awards. If I am happy with my work and the readers appreciate and keep coming back for more, those are the only rewards I would ever need. And um, I guess he's got a picture here of several of his books, including uh, The Professor, The Wrestling Genius of Roy Shire, uh, When It Was Big Time. I think you own that one. I, I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. And then Legends and Icons. Uh, and like I said, man, give give him a follow. It's a good about the Olympic Auditorium up there right now. Um, and I know we kind of got off the sidetrack of uh, uh, Star Trek, but the point being, we're a professional wrestling program, so we're going to talk wrestling. So mm-hmm. um, hit that up on Twitter or hit myself up at BobbyBlaze744, this professor, Jeremy Vilmer, up at the Geek Cast, or our joint account up at uh, Bell to Bell Blaze, as I mentioned earlier. So before we jump into one more big, unless you got anything I say about Star Trek, but one more um, big uh, TV show at debuted that year. No, you know what I what I, I do want to say since we're talking about books, Bobby. Why don't you what? Why, why don't you tell us about your books? I will be more than glad to, man. Thanks to the good professor, there's easy links to get to my books, uh, the print editions of my books, and that. If you go to, both of them are available on Amazon. If you go to tinyurl.com, Blaze Book One, that'll take you right to Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boots Will Travel, my very first book. Came out in August of 2013. So it's uh, been out for a few years, as you can tell if you do the math there. I think that's about seven. Anyway, it still sells. Uh, still a good read. It has about 125 uh, positive, uh, fair, and honest reviews. I've only had to have one review removed that said Bobby sucked, which is not or sucks, or whatever it said. I that's not a review, but um, so it's been well reviewed and it's coming up as a 4.5 reading. Um, I'll accept that, man. Anything over three, great with me, especially if you're fair and honest. Uh, my second book, I kicked out on two, The Educational Wrestler. If you go to tinyurl.com slash blazebook2, it'll take you right there. It's easy. Make your purchase. Um, the reason we use those tiny URLs is because the show gets a little bit of a kickback. Um, Jeremy gets that through his Amazon affiliate account, and I get a little you know royalty from Amazon for selling the book. And everyone goes home happy, and hopefully you read one of the, read one or both the books, and when you do, you enjoy them enough that you leave myself a, a review. 
as well as for this program, especially on uh, Apple Podcast. Uh, we you know get some reviews on there. We got some really good reviews there. Just all we ask is, like I said, be fair and honest, man. Um, and dig it. And I appreciate you. When you do buy a book, I do appreciate it very much. I do not comment on the Amazon comments or reviews. Um, they have Amazon asks authors not to do that. The only thing I do is if I know someone personally has bought one or if they're on my Twitter account and they told me to purchase it, I definitely thank them. And if I see a review, I say, hey, man, by the way, I really appreciate that review. Um, and, I, and I do. And I mean that sincerely. I had a three-star review. And I read it, and I was like, my God, I would buy this book today if it wasn't my book. And I went and looked at the – because he put it over, so huge, but I only gave it three stars. And I went and looked at the person. I didn't know this person. Still to this day, don't know who it is. I went and looked at some other reviews they gave on Amazon. And they had like a, a couple other wrestling books, and they also had a that gave, he gave them threes. But I read the review and I thought, hell, I might buy one of these. And then um, uh, one of them was a Black and Decker uh, handheld, like uh, one of those um, uh, uh, blenders. And he gave it a three star review. And I'm like, hell's a Black and Decker and it's twenty bucks for a handheld blender. And I read the review and I said, fuck it, I'm going out and buy me one of these. <laughs> I bought me a handheld based off the three-star review because the gentleman took the time to write up why he thought it was three stars. Uh, and I thought, this guy just, you know, he's a hard customer, please. So I was very pleased with that three-star review. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because the words he wrote into the review, it wasn't a, hey, Bobby sucks. It was like he took the time and broke down that, you know, I stumbled across this book, blah, blah, blah. And he put it over. And I'm like, damn, I'm going to run out and buy it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, well, hey, uh, hey, we're the monkeys. Well, I was gonna say, he's one of those guys who's like a harsh judge. I mean, he. Yes. Yes. He, he, you know, he'll sing his praises, but, he, you know, unless you really blow his socks off, you're getting a three. But his three is better than most people's five. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Very well said. Yes. Um, yes. Real quick, before we go to that, I do want to remind everybody <laughs> we do have a new website, bell to bellblazecom yes. which has. A uh, store section where you can find Bobby's books and you can find some of our T-shirts like uh, Orange Favorite Enhancement Talent, Daddy Said Sell, Penny and Penny. <laughs> um, you can find our shirts there. Uh, so check yes. that out. Um, also, you can leave reviews for our shows. You can leave us a voicemail. You can sign up for our emails. Um, Bell2BellBlaze.com. All right, Bobby, let's get yeah. on to the monkeys. Yeah, I jumped the gun there, man. I looked at my screen, I was dying on me. I said, oh, the monkey debuts, the monkey's debut. Dude, I remember that because they had that really cool car, and they're down at the at the, at the song, hey, hey, and they rolled down that beach. I thought that's funny. They do reverse and all that. I'm like, I, 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 was, I was captivated as a kid, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, for me, I, I, I dug that show, man. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if I watched it necessarily in 1966 or 67, because I don't know how long it was even on at that time, but I, I, I did enjoy it, man. I did enjoy it. And that's one of those shows I could still watch today, too. Uh, uh, think while we've done this podcast um, with a Peter Tork that died, maybe, uh, or that Michael, uh, someone died just in the last couple of years. It might not have been this run of our podcast. But it was it was during this podcast, maybe the first run we were the one, the first eighteen months we did it, and Me TV did a special on the monkeys every Sunday, like at five o'clock until eight o'clock, and I watched those. Um, I, I, honestly, I can't remember which one of them passed away though, and it's been in the last couple of years. Well, I think uh, you people can find it out there. Or just saying. 
I'm trying to remember now. Are any of them still alive at this point? I don't even. I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm. Just, I, I, I know we can sit here and look it up if you wanted, but I'm. I'm just thinking, um, whoever it was. I think it's Peter that died in the last two years, and I know they 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 ran for whatever reason they ran it on Me TV, and I watched several episodes every Sunday. I'd watch four episodes um, from five until eight or so, or whatever long you get in there. You know, but uh, anyway, I think uh, Mike and Mickey are Mickey Dolan's and um, Mike Nesmith are still alive. So I think I'll, I think you're right on that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they those two are. And I'm not going to sit here and look it up because I think Peter Tork was who passed away. The reason they had the um, yeah. the the show on me TV, they remembered it. You know, so, so you know they were trying to cash in on Beatles mania. The thing with the monkeys, yes, is they are actually they were all musicians, but they didn't do their yes. own music. So they were all good comedic actors. They were all good musicians. They, but they, you know, they just did the music behind the scenes. Of course, they had like some of the best studio musicians in the world doing the music. Yeah, they got yeah. they got to a point where they made a movie called Head. Okay, and the only reason they did the movie and called it Head was because they wanted to make a sequel. And then in the ads, they wanted to say from the people who gave you Head. That is the whole fucking thing. That is the reason they named that movie Head. They that <laughs> was the a people long, who gave you head. Yeah, a long way to go for a joke that never paid off. Right, right. Yeah. I loved the monkeys when I was a kid. I, I you know I I got a soft spot for goofy wacky humor, which they fucking nail out of the park in yeah. every episode. Even their dullest episode still has great spot bits in it. You know, great little. It does, man. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. I, I cracked up several times just, you know, even as an adult, like, oh, yeah, this is, you know. And I'll tell you, let me tell you something. Way back when, it wasn't 1966, it was probably had to be maybe 69, Jeremy, just so you know. Because um, at the Baltimore Civic Center, um, I got to go to a car show. Like I said, family dynamics were different at that time. And uh, I saw the Monkeys Mobile. I saw the Batmobile. This is no shit. I'm not making this up. I saw the Munster Mobile. I saw those cars, man, in person as a kid. I'd have been about, I want to say I had to be between five and a half and six years old. So when I say 69, it put me right in that ballpark, depending on what time of year it was. And also, if I'm not mistaken, because I did this as a 21-year-old male uh, when I lived in, in Baltimore, I think their car show at the Civic Center is in February or March, Um uh, back in the day. And so that would make sense that I'd be about five and a half years old. And so I got to see those, those vehicles, um, you know, live and in person, man. Uh, when I went back in 21, as a 21 year old, the two things that stood out was, uh, you're not going to believe who were there, who was there. It was, uh, David Hasselhoff was there with the solid gold dancers, baby. <laughs> he had two dancers with them. And of course, Kit was there. And I never forget, man, um, like I said, I'm 21, but where I was standing at, when he come out, I was like right there, not intentionally, but I just happened to be Alexa, hush. So anyway, 
she heard about David Hasselhoff, started lighting up in there, man. Damn. <laughs> Just saying. But back in the day, but he was there with the two solid gold dancers that come out with him, and Boomy is right there, and they started doing a little talk, and I was like, well, this is all right, you know, because it just happened to be in the right place at the right time. So um, anyway, that's, that's got to see Kid as well several years later, and and got to see the the, the Hoss, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's pretty <laughs> it, cool. it wasn't necessarily there for him to be honest with you. Uh, was just at the car show. Yeah, uh, um, revisiting my youth, if you will. You oh know? yeah, yeah. You know, for me, I think the like out of all, I love the Batmobile. Uh, the Monster Coach is cool. The Monkey's Car, I love. The one I'd really want to see is Dragula, uh, Grandpa Munster's coffin uh, hot rod. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Yeah, that yeah. would be the one I'd want to check out. Um, but was that all the same guy who did all those cars? You know what? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I'd like to. I'm I actually have to look that up, man. Yeah. Because um, that's a good question. Well, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. If there was a professional wrestler that was on TV in 1966, would you think he would be in the Monkeys? And who would that wrestler be? Well, of course, I know the answer to this. Cause this I know is, you do. You've told me. <laughs> I just, I'm just trying to set you up. <laughs> this is one of my favorite trivia bits. Um, yes, I love it. Yeah, they did an episode where Mickey Dolans was being a wuss or something. So he went to like one of those like He-Man groups <laughs> to, to toughen up. And, you know, in, in this course or in this cult or whatever it was, amongst bodybuilders and all the other people there was Mick Bockwinkle. Yeah, and uh, he, they had him roughing people up, and stay. it was—it's a funny bit, you know. It's you, you yeah, check it out I've seen point. it uh, since you brought it to my attention, and I tell you what, I man, he's a damn good-looking guy, built real good, and does the part really good. You know, I think it's still on YouTube. You can pull it up there, or I did at least a couple years ago when you smart me up to that bit. I thought that was pretty damn cool, man. Oh yeah, no, so. it's, there's a reason that Nick Bockwinkle's in my like top five favorites. I mean, he's just a fucking all-around fucking. Great, great character as well as yeah. just like he looked, he looked like a world champion should look. I think, yeah. Even even as so articulate, yeah. you know, I love that about him. Um, and when I slow down, sometimes I can be articulate, but usually I get so damn excited on here. I just, I just go, man. We can we have a good time? You know oh, what I'm yeah, saying, yeah. man? Oh, we just have a good time. Trust me, my ass gets uh, out over my skis all the time, man. <laughs> <It's, you know? laughs> oh, I man. can't tell you how many times uh, I've been off on a topic and then all of a sudden just go like, wait, fuck, where was I headed with this? Oh, where, where were we at? Oh, yeah. so. Just, just keep okay, talking. Just man. keep talking. Just yeah, keep you'll come back to the point. <laughs> you'll we'll figure it out. Um, oh shit! I don't know. You want to go back to your wrestling uh, conversation? I know we got we had some debuts from '66. We we if you want to close out with that or uh, it's up to you, man. Whatever. I, we kind of don't want to leave anyone hanging because this is a professional wrestling podcast. You want to mention a couple of uh, professional wrestler debuted that year? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll hit let's a couple here. Yeah. Um, why don't you start? I know off? one. Yeah. I know one, and that is Leo Burke, man. And uh, Leo Burke, I got to work with him up in the Maritimes in Canada, not once, but two summers in a row. Uh, The first one being about 16 weeks and the next one being about 18 week tours I did early on uh, in the uh, early 90s. And I worked with them as a singles as well as in tag team matches up there. And I'll tell you, I learned so much from him. Uh, The Cuban original Cuban assassin was up there as well. but uh, those two working as heels, because Leo was a face-upper for years and years, but he turned heel. Um, 
at one point, and then he came back as a baby. Anyway, I got to be around Leo, and he was he had actually, um, if I'm not mistaken, Terry Funk also debuted in 1966, um, maybe 65. I'm pretty sure his official professional debut was 66. And back then, the Cormiers, which is Leo Burke's family, uh, they would uh, in the winter they don't run up there. In the Maritimes, it's too damn cold. Everyone <laughs> loves hockey, and they're they're fighters and they're fishermen. That's what they do up yeah. there. They fight, they fish, and they fuck. That's what they do. And they go to pro wrestling when wrestling comes through for three or four, three and a half, four months of summer. But the uh, they would do a town exchange, and they would go to Amarillo and work, and vice versa. Uh, so Leo was a lot like Terry Funk as far as he did not waste a move. And I learned so much from psychology-wise and learned about not wasting moves. And when I, when I help people out and they get a little bit older sometimes, some of them are kind enough to come back to me or leave me mess and say, man, I watched this match of you and you and this and that. And they'll say, you never wasted a move. And, um, I just learned that because of Lil Burke, not to waste a move, you know? So, yeah. uh, yeah, he had his debut in 66 and I'm pretty sure Terry Funk did too. And they all, everyone can fact check that even though it wasn't on Wikipedia, I think it's in his book. So just, uh, you know, enough of that. Yeah. Next one, go ahead and give us the next couple here. Uh, Tony St. Clair you've got here, mm-hmm. uh, Baron Von Raschke. Started yeah. in 66. That's getting a little late for a Nazi gimmick, isn't it? 66. Jeez. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. uh, Grand Coaches and then Bobby Duncan, who was yep, an original Duncan. member of the Bobby Heenan family in the AWA. Yes, that's right. That's right. But that's that's one that's the only ones I found listed there. Von Raschke there, um just you know, that's was he a German or was he a a, a Nazi or, or a German Nazi? What when he first debuted when you, you, you said but late, was he actually a Nazi? Okay, so I'm gonna do this. I'm off just the top curious. Of my head. Um, yeah. I think he was supposed to be a Nazi sympathizer, I think. Yeah, was. okay. That makes sense. Um, okay. I think that's what it's what they started to do with their Nazis was they were like American Germans who were Nazi sympathizers. Because then you could at least say, well, no, they weren't like guards at Auschwitz or anything. They, right, you know. right. Okay. That's why I thought you were going with that. I yeah. just, just clarify that for myself because that's kind of what the take I took on as well. Yeah, because I mean, I, I do. I Man. get beat out when I go back and see like, all the Nazi characters and shit in the past. I'm just like, God damn, people. Um, you know what I think is funny? You're talking about the Maritimes. Um, they have two seasons up there. They have winter and August, basically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lived I lived through them. <laughs> I didn't do winters. Yeah, uh, I left. I think the latest I stayed actually was October 1st, and it was uh, they were already putting ice down in the arenas. You know, we were getting, you know, towns were getting farther and farther in between. But, um, yeah, I think oh, yeah. I stayed to the end of September one, one year. I think my second year I stayed to the end of September. Um, so, uh, well, you know, I've, yeah. I've turned people onto that show Corner Gas, and I actually I get messages from our listeners who are like, oh, I finally watched it. You're right. It's a great show. What I, what I find funny about that was that the show takes place in a small town in Saskatchewan, which I believe all the towns in Saskatchewan are small towns. But um, they stop filming – that show in September and they would do like their winter episodes. They'd film them in September because when winter came around, the wind was so bitter and the snow was so deep and it was so damn cold that cameras can't run. So they oh, did wow. everything by, you know, by mid fall, you know, trying to get yeah. everything out of the way. Yeah. 
Um, it is. I mean, Canada, we forget how far north it is until wintertime hits. It is freaking yeah. cold up there. And it, I'll tell you what, it's beautiful too, man. Oh, yeah. I, I, out there in Nova Scotia and PW, or PEI, let's say PWI, PEI, I was in New Brunswick, stayed in the Moncton area and, you know, traveled around each week. And that was really nice. Uh, flew in and out of Toronto's for a cup of tea, you know, here or there. I didn't get to, uh, you know, I saw the airport and a building and a hotel basically, you know, several times I didn't get out and venture there, but, uh, I, to, to get to the weather report and I know you're familiar with this. I loved Vancouver. I oh, loved yeah. Vancouver, but I tell you what, man, I was there in late September through October and man, it, when it started raining and getting cold, I hurt because we was up there doing that EA videos, you know, sports, taking bumps every damn day, even sometimes at the end with a crash mat. But my God, that cold, cold rain would come. I didn't like that part of it. Um, I, we had some very beautiful days, but, um, and I enjoyed every day I was there, but I'm just saying the couple days that it rained, uh, it was a cold rain and I could not get warm on those days um, for whatever reason, you know, but uh, I can't imagine. I, I have several friends still out in Maritimes that I stay in touch with now via Twitter, uh, but, um, or, or actually uh, emails um, former newspaper lady up there, uh, Mary Bond, bless her heart, loved her to death and, and Nason, good friend of mine, but, uh, they, they, and Dan, Dan Marsh, who was a referee, uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Little Bear. Anyway, just saying those people, I don't know how to endure the winners up there. And of course I told you the Giselle LeBlanc story, uh, basically Mary fucking white. Good for me. Anyway. Uh, she could out drink me, just saying. But I wasn't about to go. She come to Florida to visit me. She come to Florida to visit me there. She came to Kentucky to visit me here. Um, I did not go and visit her in the wintertime. No. <laughs> I was there on tour, and I saw her when I saw her, you know. Oh, yeah. So just saying. Well, you know, and for me especially, like, uh, I, I'm in Central California. We get hot. We don't get cold. We don't get snow. Um when I go to a place where it's cold, 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 I, I come apart pretty quick. You know, I'm just like, nope, yeah. nope. I don't drive in the snow. I don't, I don't dick around with down jackets and shit. You know, <laughs> this. I'm not well, you wouldn't have wanted to be here in February. Uh, no, no, that's I, I try to do all my, all my travel seasonally. You know, I'm going to go to Greece yeah. in spring. I'll, I'll get out there to your place. Probably not in summer, probably not in winter, maybe spring or fall. I'll get out to Kentucky, yeah. you know. That'd be uh, the optimal time to be here, spring or fall, honestly. Yeah. It's getting ready. To, it's fitting to be beautiful out here in the fall, I'll tell you that. I, I used to love spring, and I still do. But uh, uh, falls now, I just love falls here, man. Bobby, how do you, how do you so, spell fitting to? Uh, F-I-N-N-A. Okay. <laughs> finna. It's finna, baby. It's finna. Okay. I was just, I was uh, just checking. I was just making sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just recently picked up at, you know, like uh, that's kind of the way things are. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, all part say. of, yeah, I guess <laughs> something, uh, I don't know. Uh, I saw something, uh, something similar to that, and I, and I popped for it as well, just so you know. Um let me think here what it was. Uh you know, um I can't remember what the hell it was, but it's you know, you you, you run these words together and it's like, okay. Oh, Trina. You gonna okay. try to do this. That's just I, I guess, you know, when you when you when you spell things out that 
we do speak a certain way, you know. Oh, and yeah, I'm like, absolutely. Ooh, that, 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 okay, I run these words together now. I see, I see the point here. Yeah. So um, anyway, you know, it's been uh, to to the storm here is what I you know we gonna say that. But no, it's it. We got beautiful once fall rolls around. It is beautiful foliage and and very nice, very nice weather. Um, at the end of October, you know, it starts getting colder a little bit, and then towards November we start getting rains. November rains, you know, mm-hmm. and then we might get a snow in December. Um, you know, so just depends. Yeah, yeah. That's well, a you know, but it's I, it's, a, it's good. I, I try to do all my travel seasonally. Um, we're, we'll wrap this up here, but I did want to bring up yeah. since you're a writer. Um, I came across several books in my past where they were just like advice on writing and writing dialogue specifically. Mm-hmm. Gona, Gona. By the way, I yeah, do Gona. I do Gona instead of G O N N A is like uh, that's the way I say it. Gona, yeah. not going to. And when you're writing it, I gotta say going to. And I just put I Gona. Go back and fucking correct that word. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't remember what the book was, but somebody had written an entire book in in dialect where all the words were spelled according to the accents and all. And four different books that I had picked up referenced that and said, "Don't fucking do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't do this." You know? Yeah, yeah. You pick no, out a I couple think, words, uh, a couple phrases. You don't do it to everything. Yeah. I think Gorna is the one that I probably had to go back and correct more than anything and put in going to. And except if it was a dialogue and someone's done a sentence here or there, I would put in, um, you know, Gorna. But other than that, I just I had to go back and do that. And I and I tell you just I know and I know we're getting off this just a little bit. The, the, I tell you some of the, some of those words that people them they their uh, they'll uh, board. Is it a board of education? Are you bored? Yeah. Uh, you know what? And it's some of these where you're like, motherfucker. I, when I when I read, I catch so much stuff. Uh, just because I'm an avid reader, but also where I write and I'm going like, how how am I supposed to read this? Yeah. And I read something every morning, uh, generally just, you know, just get up, do your deal, whatever. And I'm like, I mean, can you let me get just unfoggy, let me do this. And you read something, I'm like, man, don't, don't people write in proper English anymore? Don't you know what? The difference between board and board is, or uh, there is, uh, you oh, know, or is there, it a, or is. there, where, okay, is it a person and you are yeah. there, or there living here, or I'm like, what, the, it, 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 English is hard. Yeah, (laughs) English is a fucked up language. I got to say, yeah, it is hard. Two, two, and two. Yeah, (laughs) we have too many words that sound alike but mean different things and are spelled differently. Um, Yeah, you know, well, it's you know, English started off a German language and then we were conquered by the Normans, so it became a half French, half German language. Um, but then we've adopted all sorts of other words, especially here in America. We've taken Spanish words and Greek words and Latin words and thrown them in. Uh, Indian words, you know, it, it's a fucked up language. Like I was reading a thing one time in a, a podcast group on Facebook, right? Okay. This, this girl writes, where is a good place for potential people to hear your podcast or, you know, hear about your podcast? I'm like, <laughs> potential people. 
<laughs> abortion clinic? I don't fucking what, what do you even ask? Yeah. Are they are they pot- they're potential people? <laughs> well, I have to ask you this, but she put here, is it H E A R? No. Or she, what did she put H E R E like here? She actually <laughs> spelled it correctly, but I have definitely okay. seen other, you know, I've seen where people yeah. have got that wrong. Yeah, but she was concerned about the potential people. Uh yeah, I don't know. Uh, potentially, oh, that, they're running down your mama's ass on the bed sheets. I don't know. Oh, yeah, know? yeah, that one made my head hurt because I'm like, yeah, you, you need to read that sentence out loud before you hit send. <laughs> you know, just I got to, you, man. Yeah. I All right, but we better wrap things yeah, up, Jeremy. We're just shit, bullshit for a while. <laughs> hey, everybody, come I don't know. That was the year 1966, folks. I'm sure that we missed a whole lot because it was 365 days of it, unless it was a leap year. I don't know. Just saying, but um, hell, it might have been. Could have been. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't born quite yet. But no, you know. I do remember some of it, honestly. Uh, probably more the latter part of it. Just like I said, but um, anyway. I hope we I hope we have not went over our time limit. It's a single uh, elimination, one fall, sixty minute time limit. But it might have got that five more minutes in for you all, our good fans that listen to the Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze podcast. Thank you for tuning in, wrestling fans. Jeremy, take us out of here. All right. Well, for the irreplaceable Tex Johnson, myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B Bobby Blaze. Bye bye, y'all. 